Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Or shall I say, ¿Qué está pasando aquí? Thank you very much um, <clears throat> to all our Spanish listeners. This is episode 64 mm. that we are doing. And what we are doing, as you heard from that intro, ¿Qué está pasando aquí? We are doing in order to pay back our fans. We're going by the biggest fan base from country to country. Last episode was Argentina. This week, the second largest country outside the U.S., is Spain. Hmm. So today, we decided to um, do a Spanish beer and a Spanish TV show. For those of you that don't know, we watch the middle 20 minutes of a TV show or movie and um, try to figure out what's going on here. Um, most, most of the time, or a lot of the times, we try to pick foreign language, aka not English language, shows. We turn off any subtitles or dubbing over, so we try to figure out what's going on here. Today's episode is called The Ministry of Time. It's a Netflix TV show from Spain. And we watched episode one. Uh, the title is Time is What It Is. I think the Spanish name for Ministry of Time is El Ministerio del Tiempo. Oh. So I could probably catch maybe one in every 10 words, just so people, yeah. to, to be fair, uh -huh. uh, uh, notice here. And our beer today is um, Daura Dam Lager Beer, which is out of Barcelona. The Grupo Dam mm. is the brewery. Yeah. It's a macrobrewery out of Barcelona, Catalonia, Spain. Um, it's an uh, international award-winning beer that is uh, brewed specifically to be gluten-free. Mm. So, it is 5.4% ABV. It's and, a and as we know, Everything that's gluten-free is, is better than the gluten-y stuff. With gluten, of course, because I've never not had something gluten-free that wasn't... Although, I don't... I mean, if they made it with barley, I don't see how it could be gluten-free. Because, uh, I mean, barley has gluten, even yeah, though it's little. I remember this when I've, when I've been in Europe, and you go places, and they would say, like, sans glutina, uh -huh. and it's bullshit, there's fucking gluten in it. Right. So, I don't... I, I feel that... Some places in Europe, especially Italy, places like that, they just like, it's less, they're just like, oh, it's not high in gluten. So right. they say it's like, oh, it sounds gluten, but it is gluten. It has gluten. They have yeah. weird standards. Yeah, so yeah. maybe, I don't know, Yeah. crafted to remove gluten. So it doesn't say gluten-free, it just says crafted to crafted remove gluten. Crafted to remove gluten, gluten. yeah. Hmm. So it, it has a bunch of, there was another beer that I was looking for and I forget the name. That was supposed to be a really good Spanish beer, and, and I mentioned this to Sean before we started, but the liquor store didn't have it in stock. So I got this Spanish beer. So people of Spain, if this is not the right beer to try, we're sorry. 
but it is what it is. It's what we have. The mm. other one was called Estrella something. I don't want to say the second one wrong and get her. I want to say Lagunitas, but it wasn't because I'm thinking. Especial. Was it? No, I don't think it was Especial either. I don't know. Anyway, I forget. But that that's the other thing besides watching the middle 20 minutes of a show. We review beers, wine, cider, cocktails, alcoholic beverages, adult beverages, if you will. Mm. And these are the real fan, uh, real uh, uh, stars of the show, uh -huh. if you will. So, without further ado, I say we pop these two open and give them Indeed. a try, yeah? Yeah. A little sound effect for the listeners. Ooh. I just had a thought. I have a friend, I have an old friend from college who, I think I mentioned him in another podcast for, for some reason. Uh -huh. I have to uh, forward this episode to him on Facebook, see if he shares it amongst his crew. He's a TV star in Spain. Is Spanish he? Spanish television star, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, oh, then definitely like forward and see what, what beer we need to try. Yeah. Absolutely. See. Gonzalo, Gonzalo Ramos. Gonzalo Ramos? Yes, from Madrid. Oh. Yeah, he's a big old star out in Spain. He was on, he was like on the uh, Spanish version of Days of Our Lives. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing a little sexual tension here. Something happened between you and Me and Gonzalo? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no, no. no, no. Very we, professional? No, yeah, you know, we, we, had a, we had a little bit of a bromance for a while, but then it got taken over. There was another guy, it was an Australian guy on our course, Simon, and they, those two ended up. They were, they, you know, really tight. They end up pretty tight. Thick in the sheets. Yeah. I mean, well, whatever the phrase is. It was, yeah. They very quickly. They would, uh, we would be um, doing uh, collegey things uh -huh. like performing. Uh, you know, it was a musical theatre course, but we were supposed to be doing something. Uh -huh. And then they'd be like, "Where's Gonzalo and Simon?" And we're like, "Oh, they're just sitting in a bathroom somewhere drinking beer." <laughs> <laughs> and then they just turned up. As two men just, would only do. Yeah, one Australian thing. and a Spaniard, drunk from warm beer in the bathroom. Yeah. And stumble their way through a performance. Nice. But they're both doing very well for themselves. Good so. for them. Good, Good for, for them. them. Good for them. Hey, you can't, you can't click. All right. Well, here you go, my friend. Cheers. Indeed. A little clinky clinky. Clink. Okay, let's try this. Okay. That's fine. It's fine. It's very European. That reminds me of home to a yeah. certain degree. It's a very European lager. It's a very, yes. It's a very standard European lager. Yeah. It's refreshing. It's easy to drink, especially in a hot day like today. Doesn't, yeah. For those of you that don't know, it's 96 degrees Fahrenheit in northern New Jersey today, right now, which would be in Celsius. Let's see. That's at 950 Celsius plus 32. So, 96 minus 32 is 64 times 5 is 320 divided by 9 is 30... Oh my god. 35 degrees Celsius and change. That's just too hot. Yeah. That's too hot. Yeah, 35 degrees Celsius and change. Yeah. Which is 96 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Yeah, it's a hot day. Yeah, but that summer in New York, New Jersey. For those of you who don't know, we get. You actually haven't really experienced a proper New York, New Jersey hot summer. Uh, I feel like I have. I've had a. I've had You've had, had a, a couple hundred. of. We've had a couple of like heat waves come through. Yeah. But not a hot summer, where it's like all summer long it's in the nineties, and then we get a couple of weeks where it hits in the hundreds. Maybe not. And the humidity then sets in as well. I I work I worked a few days 
about four years ago mm -hmm. in the 100 degree. Okay, oh, that's right, you have been here. That's right. Yeah. Because I was going to say, the last three summers have been very mild. So about four years ago, we, there was a couple of hundred, when I was literally laboring right, as right. my job, there were a couple of hundred degree uh, days, and me thinking that that would be the day that you, you don't work, but it's the opposite, because all the people I was working with were all from Guatemala, and those days are the best days to work, because that's like what they're, that's their bread and butter. It was like, they would call out when it rains, yeah, or when it got too cold. Right. That's when they didn't want to work. Right. Heat, on the other hand, was fine. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. But didn't work so well for me. You know, well. Yeah. When coming from a London summer. But yeah. the London summers have been getting hot too. They have. I'd say, I mean, generally speaking, London is pretty much a very, very similar level to, to us over here. Um, the winters aren't as cold though. No, it's similar. It's just less extreme. Yeah. I would say that, you know, it's like... It gets up there. We usually we'll usually have like, especially in the summer. Like there will be one or two days in the summer mm -hmm. in England where we'll reach, you know, in like ninety. Okay. But for the most part, it'll probably be high seventies. Um. And then winters, yeah, cold, but they don't get. Like I don't remember it regularly getting below freezing right. point right, right, in England. Right. right. And it's constantly, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like always below freezing over here. Yeah, and if it's not, the wind chill factor is doing it. Yeah, I think the other thing is the wind, like because so much wind over here. Yeah, I don't get as much over there. Okay, it's still humid, but not as humid. The humidity is a, a different. Oh. It's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's. I was reading an article the other day saying that there are whole areas of the world that they're predicting uh, fifty years are going to be like uninhabitable during the summer. Yeah. Because the humidity. Yeah. Just alone. Yeah. Like they were saying Florida, mm -hmm. a bunch of other countries that you would expect, like sort of, um, you know, sort of more exotic countries. Mm -hmm. But in <clears throat> the US, they right. were like Florida and uh, it might have just been Florida. A few other places, but Florida certainly. They were like 50 years, if it goes on track the way it is, it will be like 100% humidity. Yeah. For like all the time. Three months of the yeah. year in Florida, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, and and he was like, and they were just scientists were just saying, and like under those conditions, I mean, you know, people wouldn't be able to like survive outside more than like no you, twenty minutes. You can't, it's like <laughs> it's like you're breathing water. Yeah, I mean, this is literally what it is. If it's one hundred percent humidity, that means the air is one hundred percent saturated. <laughs> you're literally in a steam pot. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like, I, we were, yesterday we were driving, it was super humid yesterday, like right after the rain. And there was a girl jogging down the street. And I was sitting there, I turned to my wife, and I was like, man, I wish I had those levels. <laughs> because, like, I step out of the car, and I'm just like, it literally feels like somebody slapped me in the face with a hot towel. Yeah. I mean, that's how humid it is. It's like, yeah. I, I, how do you breathe this shit? You can't. Ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway. Enough for the weather. Let's go to our TV show, The Ministry of Time, or mm -hmm. El Ministerio del Tiempo. Mm -hmm. We watched the first episode, Time is What It Is, the middle 20 minutes, which started at minute 25, because it was an uh, hour and 10 minutes, so 70 minutes, down to center 35, 10 minutes before, 10 minutes after, 25 to 45. So we start the episode, and it starts with, it's an office area, very obviously, mm -hmm. and there's a dude... Dressed very renaissance y 
with a very Shakespearean kind of haircut. Long curly hair on the sides with a mustache, and he's got the outfit. And he looks to be in what looks like a modern-day work cafeteria. And he takes an apple, and he cuts an apple like in two-thirds or something, and then there are these salt shakers that have like a long spout on them, like a pointy spout. And he jabs the apple on top of a pointy spout, and then he starts sketching it in charcoals. And you're kind of like, wait, what, what's happening here? And then the scene shifts to four people talking. There's an older gentleman in a suit. There's a woman, she's probably late 30s, early 40s, not a young thing, mm. but a very good looking woman nonetheless. Uh -huh. um, and next to her is an older woman, I'd say in her 60s, maybe even early 70s. So the older man and the woman, they both, both look very corporate. They're dressed very corporate. They're giving off that corporate vibe. The older woman is kind of a little bit of the maternal grandma thing happening. And she's literally like knitting a doily at the table. And then there's a guy who's kind of regular, everyday looking guy, modern looking guy, um, older, I'd say in his 40s, I'd say, uh -huh. uh, with a beard, kind of weather beaten, a little bit looking. Uh, beard, mustache, has a leather jacket, almost a little bit like uh, I ride a motorcycle and sing John Morrison covers on the weekend kind of look. Uh -huh. Like that's the guy's look. Yeah. And they're talking to him and he's fascinated. So our leather bound guy, and let's give him a nickname so we can refer to him easily. What do we think? Um, hmm. I can't, I can't think of a popular culture character that I would, which good for him as the actor. I just, I don't know, come with Juan Morrison, that'd be fine. Oh, you know what, that's a good call, Juan Morrison. All right, so yeah. let's say Juan Morrison is there, yeah. and he's talking to Blondie, Grandma, and Grandpa. Mm. And he's, Juan Morrison is fascinated by the dude who's now, you can see, is doing a charcoal drawing of the little thing he set up. And what you realize is like, okay, because the show is what it is. It's about a secret Spanish agency that uh, patrols time. Like a lot of tropes, if you remember famously, you probably saw Time Cop with Van Damme. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've done a bunch of different ones with people. Uh, I mean, the most famous one on TV was uh, Quantum Leap. Uh -huh. That was super popular here. I never watched it, but it was super popular here. I saw episodes of it. I saw remember Scott Bakula. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never watched it. I, I, that was actually a very clever twist because his kind of essence would just end up in people's bodies. Yeah. So he would be a little boy, a woman, what it did. He was only, yeah, he would see himself in the mirror, but yeah. other than that, it would be like no and one else acting could see in the yeah. outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, they're talking to him and obviously very much recruiting him and telling him what happens because the scene opens up with Blondie telling him, have one of these oranges. They don't have these oranges like this anymore. And we happened to see that because for whatever reason the subtitles were on and we freaked out and we decided we know too much because now we know <laughs> about the bloody oranges. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we turned up the subtitles and um, they're chatting and then two people come in <laughs> to be introduced to him and the gist is they're going to make a team that's going to travel through and help solve 
who for you know whoever's doing it for nefarious purposes is trying to change Spain's past. Uh-huh. Which is very funny because I'm like oh, in all those things, I'm like, would it really only change Spain's change Spain's past? <laughs> You know what I mean? Because, I mean, if you go back in time and you kill Queen, uh, um, what was her name, that gave Columbus the uh, 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 registration? Uh, was it Queen Maria? Um, oh, I have no idea. I, I forget her name. But the Spanish Queen that basically said, yeah, here's some ships, go find India. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that would kind of change the whole world's history a little bit. Because, I mean, if you go far enough back in time... You just kill a dude like trying to hump a mule and, and you might have destroyed like half the world. Yeah. I mean, at least that's a theory. Or it splits off into a bunch of multiverses. You don't know yet. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. It's been on my trailer. <clears throat> but let's focus on the episode. Yeah. So they introduced two, uh, two people to be part of this team. And one woman, and I didn't hear her name, but she's very much supposed to be the 19th century scientist mm. very pretty woman um like you correctly pointed out she's not very period appropriate because her makeup is just too good yeah, yeah. really re- you know it's like even if she's pretty her makeup is just too damn good you know she comes in and then a guy who's supposed to be i mean if you saw him you would think this is what don quixote looked like when he was a young man yeah tall mustache big prominent nose almost Almost Cyrano de Bergerac kind of nose. I thought they called him Cervantes at one point. I think so. And he steals a book later. Yeah. About himself. He's kind of a famous historical figure and she is too. Mm. In Spain's past. I think she was supposed to be the Spanish equivalent of Marie Curie. Mm. And so they introduce him. So he stands up and he goes to greet her in the modern fashion. Which is, he goes to give her a hug and a peck on the cheek. And she's giving him her hand to kiss the hand. And then when she sees him lean in, she kind of leans back like, what the fuck are you doing? And then they introduce the guy, who looks fantastic, by the way. And I said that to Sean the minute I saw him. I'm jealous. That is such a great character look. Oh, yeah. He had the, the, the big nose, the craggy face, the, the thick mustache, really tan, great freaking head of hair, yeah. long hair. I was like, this dude is on fire. Like, the minute he walks, in, he walks into an audition room, and I'm a casting director, and I'm like, we got to find a freaking... Character for this dude to play. Yeah. If 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 even if his acting is shit, we just got to stick him in front of a camera because he looks great. Yeah. I mean, that's how great a character face this dude has. Uh-huh. And um, he goes to shake his hand, and he does this big elaborate bow, like he's you know uh, uh, Sean Connery in The Highlander. <laughs> I'm one Felipe Sanchez Guadalupe the <laughs> third. King metallurg- Chief Metallurgist to the King of Spain, and not your Jarvis. So he like li- literally looks like Ramirez. That was his name, Ramirez. I forgot. <laughs> Who's Egyptian? Who was Egyptian <laughs> and married to a Japanese princess? So go figure. Yeah. Um, so so this awkward introduction happens, and then in between the scenes, they're going to two guys who are definitely. Guys from the past. Mm. And they're in... At first it looks like it's a library. And they're studying books. And then when they pan back, you see they're in whatever the Spanish equivalent of Barnes & Noble is. Mm -hmm. Big bookstore. And they're looking at books. And at one point I hear the dude say something about Napoleon. And we still don't know. Mm. And we later surmise maybe he is supposed to be Napoleon. 
Seems a little too tall. He, he was way too tall to be Napoleon because he was a normal height. Yeah, and he's a little too good looking. Mm. Napoleon wasn't very good looking. You know, kind of dumpy. Well, not only that, his attitude wasn't quite there. No. He very he much a... had a bad guy attitude, but he didn't have the attitude of a dude who conquered half a Europe. No, I mean, Napoleon was the firecracker. Right. And Bill and Ted Napoleon. That's Napoleon. Yeah, Bill yeah, and Ted. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Bill not letting the Napoleon. kids get on the water slide. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no. no right, right, right. No. Ziggy Piggy. Yeah. Ziggy Piggy. That's who he is. Yeah. yeah. Ziggy Piggy. Right. So, um, maybe he was a lieutenant or somebody next in line or whatever. Yeah. We're, we're not sure. And they find the book and it says something about Napoleon. And um, they walk out of the store, and the alarm goes off because they're carrying the book, and the security guard goes chase them off. And then you see um, the scene is back now at the Ministry of Time, and there's another older guy who's the guy in charge, and he's telling them, you're going to work as a team, we need you to find these guys. They have the security video of these two dudes from the past who stole the book. Mm. How they got to the future, we don't know. But they were in the future. So, um, he tells them, you guys are going to have to work together as a team. Before that happens, um, the, our very debonair 17th century Spaniard, oh, they go investigating into the bookstore. And they're looking to see what happened. And he sees a book that's about him. By the mm -hmm. looks of it. And he takes it with him and he hides it. And he reads it. And he goes into the past. And and I said I actually thought it was a clever budget saver for how they travel back in time. There's no big room with fast moving balls and CGI or anything. It's basically a hallway with a bunch of doors that are numbered. And you go through the door that's numbered, and that takes you where you need to go. They're predetermined where yeah, the yeah. doors go. And he walks through, and the next thing you know, you see he's obviously in his period of time. Everyone has swords on their side and long capes. It's late 1600s, early 1700s, something like that. Or mid-1600s mid to mid-1700s. And... Um, it was also funny, as they're driving to the bookstore, they see a motorcycle, and the guy is like fascinated by a motorcycle, and the two people from the past are hanging on to the edges of the doors of the car, because they don't know what the hell's going on. So, he does that. The guy, Juan Morrison, goes to the past to see himself with his girlfriend, uh -huh. or wife, or whatever it is, from way back when. And it was kind of like, odd. And then he wanted to, he was in the cafe where their meeting happened, I guess where they fell in love, and he went to pay, and he had euros, and of course he went back into the past before the euro was there, and it made me crazy, because they kept on changing his eyeline, and from a cinematographer's point of view, it was just so bad, because he kept on looking over the right shoulder, and then over the left shoulder, and where the woman was positioned was first on the right hand of the screen, and then she was on the left hand of the screen, and the whole thing was just from a technical perspective, was driving me absolutely crazy. It was also a dumb move. Like, he put his hood up. Like, oh, I don't want them to see me. I've got my hood up. Mm -hmm. So, you have your hood up, 
and they're behind you. So whether it's the left shoulder or the right shoulder, you spend the whole time turning around and looking right, inconspicuously. And, like, and you're in front of them. So like, surely you use your brain and just sit at the table behind them. Yes. And then you just get to look forwards the whole time. Well, put, she some would put some sunglasses on, read a book, I don't know. Well, yeah. Be, be behind her. That he wasn't thing. behind her, he was like in front of her. I, so he would have been doing this the whole time. Of the 20 minutes, that one was the worst. Yeah. Technically, just the whole setup was just bizarre. They, they, they didn't follow any of the film school rules, like really, like oh, breaking the yeah. plane. Like the, like and the his eye, head, eye lines and the breaking the plane. Yeah, the stupid ponytail on that literally... Oh, it's not his whole hair was the same, yes. except he had a ponytail. Ponytail, like the top of his head was the same head of hair, just with a ponytail yeah, on the back. Yeah, I mean, what? It was it's like a, the laziest it was really thing. Lazy. It was really <laughs> lazy. It really, really was. So anyway, <clears throat> he does that for whatever reason, and then they go back to the ministry, and Blondie is, I guess, giving the finer points of modern feminine hygiene to our Spanish version of Marie Curie. Mm. And she literally puts a tampon in a pink applicator holder with the string hanging out and tell her about the tampon. And of course, the, 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 the Spanish Marie Curie is a little bit like taken aback and a little bit like embarrassed and oh my God. And she goes to the past too. So I guess because they work as a team, they keep going back to their regular pasts so nobody's the wiser. Uh-huh. Until they go on a mission. So that's what's established. And Test this tampon back in time. It's going to be a whole generation of people dying of toxic shock syndrome. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I think you just put it up there and leave it. And just... <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Pull on it if you want to ring a bell. I don't know. I don't know why we were friends there. I don't know. Yeah. We had Napoleon yeah. or somebody. Yeah. So anyway. And we're talking about vaginas. It's fitting. That's right. <laughs> So, um, then we go to the scene. The next scene is, um, they show the two guys from the past in the street. And the one guy is lying in the street, and the guy that we think was Napoleon's lieutenant or whoever, who's the main baddie, uh, pulls two cops over and says in French, my friend is dying. Mm -hmm. So one cop runs over to him. And he pulls out two guns. He literally has the old uh, 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 flintlock pistols. Mm. Shoots the cop in the back. And the other cop sees and pulls out a gun and he shoots him too. And the guy stands up and he's bewildered. The other guy who's speaking Spanish. And he says to um, the French guy. And so what I seem to have caught is we were just supposed to take their weapons, not kill them. And then the French guy says in French, adieu mon ami, mm-hmm. and turns around and shoots the guys, the Spanish guy. Then we cut to the, uh, to the ministry, and Juan Morrison, they, they all went on a tour, like down these like long cylindrical stairs. And I'm it's guessing, like the Batcave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm guessing that's where all the time, the hallway where all the time doors are, deep underground somewhere. And who set that up? We don't know. So um, he talks to some guy who's a guard there, hmm. and they're chatting about soccer, football, and the guy was saying something about like reading through uh, 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 the magazine and just looking at the old games or whatever, and 
I don't know if there was talk about betting on the games or something. And Juan Morrison tells the guard, and that's what I did catch, was that he's not a fan of soccer. Mm-hmm. Which I was just like, well, huh? Wait, there's a Spaniard who's not a fan of soccer? What that? Who is he? And why does he have a passport still? Uh-huh. Um, and then they basically they find, they look over the videos, they know the, the French guy killed the two cops and the other Spanish guy. And so they go have to find him. They have to go find him. And then they do a scene where the three of them, so it's Juan Morrison, Spanish Marie Curie, and then Don Quixote, they all walk out and they do that walk that like the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> when they're playing Cherry Bomb walk out, you know, the yeah. same kind of walk. And they're all in a period costume and they're going back to 1808. Yeah, yeah. And they walk through the door and there's a guy like at a barn with a bunch of horses and hay. And the three of them just kind of drop out of the sky and land in the hay. And there's a big fat dude. And he basically welcomes them. So he works for the Ministry of the of Time, too. And I'm fascinated by this point of it. All these people, all throughout time, that, are, that know time travel is possible, just like, they're all aware of this metaphysical concept. And not one of them freaks out. And not one of them goes insane or... I mean, there are two types of personalities that I would think, but I mean, what do I know? I've never time traveled. That would, could accept this. Either somebody, somebody infinitely curious mm-hmm. or somebody that's just so dumb that they couldn't give a shit. Yeah. So for these guys to just kind of casually take like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I'm ready. I'll tell you where you need to go. Here are some horses. Godspeed. Are they just people that were sent from the future to live in the past? Are they people from the past? Because they obviously recruited Spanish Marie Curie and Don Quixote. Mm. Not his real name, but I'm just remembering that way. Yeah. So how did that work? Hmm. That, that, I'm sure somewhere along the way they, they explained yeah. that. Oh, and when they were being given the assignment to follow the French guy, Blondie is dressed... Fantastic. She's in a black leather pencil skirt Mm -hmm. with a black leather sleeveless top. And I just started laughing because I'm like, only European women and women that live on Park or Madison Avenue in New York City could pull that off and think that that's appropriate Mm -hmm. in any environment. Oh, yeah. And not think anything of it. It always makes me laugh. It's just like, oh, okay, yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, I was in the city walking and... There was like one or two women that I saw that were wearing leather pants. And it was hilarious to watch the reaction of the other women behind them. And they were just, you know, like, ew. And then literally within weeks, everybody's wearing leather pants because now it was a fashion thing. Uh And I remember just sitting back and just laughing hysterically about this. Like, it's so funny. Somebody decided, I'm going to wear leather pants. Everyone else was shitting on them, at least visually. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, everybody's wearing leather pants. It's like, man, we are sheep. I feel like Ricky Martin was the... That was the time I remember Ricky Martin wearing leather pants. And then it blew up. It was like, that was like 1999. That was like a... Who? What was that? Ricky Martin. Oh, Ricky Martin. Oh, oh I, I thought you said Ricky like, Martin. I'm like, no, oh, Ricky. Uh, no, yes, yes. You're that was right. like the peak of the leather pants mm-hmm. party. 
remember they did an episode on Friends where Ross bought a pair of leather pants. It was a whole episode about him. <laughs> and then he couldn't get them on. He went to the bathroom and he couldn't get them back on again. So then he had to get like Vaseline and like rub Vaseline on his legs in order to try and like scooch him on. It was I never saw that episode. Oh, That's it's really great. funny. Yeah. That is very funny. Well, it shrunk. That was, they shrunk in heat or something. Nice. He went to the bathroom and they couldn't get them back on again. So he ended up like vastly like, greasing up his whole lower body to put him on, and then was like spent the rest of the night he was on a date squelching around in like his Vaseline <laughs> leather pants. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> I mean, a lot of these fashion trends they go through a twenty-year cycle. Because when you think about it, ninety-nine, like you said, Ricky Martin. Uh, before that, 82, 81, Billy Idol. Yeah. You know, the leather pants and and just the whole funk movement. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, 79 and from like 78 to 82 like leather pants were like a big thing yeah we're in like it's like it's like late 80s early 90s right now it seems because I, I went past the shop the other day and there was a mannequin in the store it was in the mall and I was like what the fuck it was like a kappa hat like one of those hats that's like a brim all the way round yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like neon yellow and and it was all like neon colours yeah. and then then like a and then the shoes were like... Um, Looks like a Wham video. Yeah, I was like, what? I was like, this is fashionable now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so strange. Yes, yes. It always makes me laugh because I just wear t-shirts and jeans and have them forever and a day. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like, um, I guess my style is really... I mean, who am I to talk about anybody else's style? But I'm always fascinated when like certain style things come out. I'm like, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... Our three uh, time travelers go back in time, and um, this guy at the barn stable gives him horses, and he reads a letter that the uh, um, chief sent to him. And the three of them go off, and they see some fire, some smoke in the distance. And it's 1808 Madrid, Spain. So this is... Is that a Spanish Revolution? Something like that? Mm, no. Um... This, this is about Napoleon's time, because hmm. the French Revolution was 1790-something, hmm. I want to say, or 1780-something, and Napoleon took over in the early 19th century, and that's when he started just like conquering everything. Yeah. Um, so Don Quixote gets all like, like, we have to go and charge himself on the horse. And Juan Morrison is basically like, dude, where are you going in such a hurry? What, like, what's, what's, what's the issue here kind of stuff? So they end up going to an inn, a local inn, hotel somewhere. And it, it, did, it just occurred to me, and it's been done before in things, but back in them days, in those old days, like, it would have been such a pain in the ass meeting people. Like, I guess you would literally, it would just have to be, you would have to meet people on at dawn or dusk. Yeah. midday yeah. anything else would just be too specific it would be confusing yeah because you'd have no idea you'd just be like yeah I mean you uh, you know around but right because you're either working or trying to survive yeah like how do you, it's like it's, I'll see you when I see you remember? yeah exactly I'll be the one I'll be there yeah yeah pretty much yeah yeah wait for well I mean when you read the old missives wait for me for seven days in a hotel like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Because it depends on the road. It's like, Actually, that's imagine? true. Now I think about that. The old westerns and people will be in like a yeah. Dodge City. I'd be like, oh, I've been waiting here for six months for yeah. my, uh, my partner to come yeah. through town. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you should be getting here in the next few weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, all those pioneers that were going to the west to go across the Rockies. Yeah. And they leave the east coast at a certain time. And if they didn't make the Rockies by X amount of time and the winter cuts it off, they're ruined because they only brought, off, brought enough food to get them to travel for six months. But you know, yeah. getting through the gaps of the Rockies was three months in of itself. If you didn't make it like before the mudslides and snow and whatever else. It's insane. Mm. So anyway, they end up at an inn and there's French soldiers there. So right off the bat, they're like, uh-oh. And um, they sit down. Uh, no, they walk in to the innkeeper. And he says, give me your names, and they all give some made-up names. And Juan Mortis didn't make up some name that was apparently very cheeky, because the other two looked at him and gave him a kind of like a glance, like, what the hell is that? Uh-huh. And he's kind of smiling, like, oh, he was clever, or whatever. So the guy pretty much tells him, I'll get you the rooms, the lady gets her own room, you guys share a room. Um, when it's ready, I'll let you know. So they go sit down. There's a couple of French soldiers in... Uh, Drinking in a corner, so very obviously Napoleon and or France and French forces have already invaded Spain. Mm. And um, a waitress comes over, and she's very buxom. And the one, very stereotypically, the French soldier starts grabbing and pulling at her, and she wants to get away, so she smacks him, and he gets up and he decks her, basically smacks her, she falls down. Don Quixote is having none of this shit. Oh, he's, he's like, no, no, no. Look at my <laughs> nose. Do you fucking think I would let this go? No. And look at my mustache. You could just fuck the fuck off because I'm not letting this go. He gets up, challenges the guy. Uh, the two soldiers get up. They pull out their swords. Don Quixote grabs a wine bottle and cracks it on the table. And another Spaniard comes out of nowhere. Big fucking dude. Uh, uh, like, um, oh, what's his face? Javier Bardem, but picture him being 6'4". He had his profile. I noticed that when he turned. He had, like, Javier Bardem's, like, mm. profile, his nose and his kind of forehead. He did. He did yeah. really like him from the front, but from the side, he cut very similar. Right, and I think we talked about it in the bottom <clears throat> thing. Javier Bardem is, like, only, like, six feet tall or 5'11 or something, but he looks so much bigger yeah. than he is. Like, you... Like, and when you said it, I was like, I thought he was like 6'2", 6'3". Mm. He's not. He's just like a very intimidating looking yeah, guy. Yeah, and he's like 5'11", 6 foot. But then Daniel Craig being 5'10", he's the shortest Bond. It right. makes him look bigger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the two of them stand up. And then our French bad guy from the future, who killed two cops and took two guns, mm. walks in. And he's obviously the commanding officer. He's talking to him in French. And Juan Morrison sees him right away. For whatever reason, Spanish Marie Curie and Don Quixote don't recognize him. Yeah. Even though they watched the bloody videotape like he did. Uh He has a cell phone on him and he's taking pictures of the dude. And he's going, click, click. Not only is the cell phone on, but the sounds for the cell phone are on. And I'm like, I can't think of anything worse to do in traveling to the past than to bring a bloody cell phone with you. I love the idea of a cell phone being found in, like, accidentally leaving the cell phone in like historical times. 
And then the panic came, oh, it's gonna change, it's gonna change everything, we're gonna find the cell phone. And it'd be like, for like three hours, there'd be a bunch of peasants like, being fascinated being the kings of the world and then when the battery dies that's just the end that's the end of it (laughs) oh well that was it no one will ever believe you they'll be tried for being witches for saying all the stuff that this inanimate brick did that's right and then (laughs) some guy would take it and nail it to a horse's shoe (laughs) that would be it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so um so the French guy basically tells the soldiers to leave and apologise and Don Quixote turns to the other Spanish guy and basically says something that's very obviously outdated by 200 years. Mm-hmm. And the big dude's looking at him like, okay, I don't care who you are, you know, we just stood up for the girls, that's fine, kind of stuff. <clears throat> and the impression to me was when Juan Morrison took pictures with uh-huh. the cell phone that the French dude heard it. Yeah. And that's where we ended off our 20 minutes. And, and to point out earlier, when Juan Morrison went to the past to see himself meeting his girlfriend, wife, whoever she was, fiance, it was at a moment when he bought her, when they greet in the cafe, it's an awkward greeting like they're friends. Yeah. And he buys her a Polaroid camera. Mm-hmm. And she opens up the box and she uses a Polaroid camera and she's very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then they go and they take a selfie of themselves with the Polaroid camera, which I don't think that anybody would have done back then, necessarily. You would have probably asked somebody in the cafe to take a picture of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you would do that if there was no one around. That's a good point. But, but, you know, that notwithstanding, that's not a deal breaker. Yeah. They take a picture and there's a Polaroid that's very much supposed to be meaningful to them. Uh-huh. And then he leaves when he realizes he has euros and he can't pay for the whatever he ordered. Mm-hmm. So that was supposed to be like a momentous thing, I think, in the episode. But Napoleon, I think, is on to them. Or not Napoleon, whoever he is, Napoleon's lieutenant. Like Robespierre, something. I don't Maybe, know. something. Hmm. So, and that was our, that was our episode. It definitely it whet my appetite. It did, and it made me. I was like, "Wow, I like the idea of like a cross between a Bill and Ted yes. and the Avengers. Like, there should be a force of like these people from history yes. that all join up in this Avenger star thing." Which makes me wonder and if you pick up new people throughout history who are all like you. Go, you know, you go pick up Socrates. You know, pick up Joan of Arc. It's Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which I don't know if I'm excited or bothered by the fact that a new Bill and Ted is coming out I think Death's coming back I read that the guy that played Death is coming back that was like the worst part of the sequel I know wasn't it I never even seen the sequel because it got oh Oh, I loved it I mean but I was the right age I loved the sequel okay I I loved it I mean I, I remember hearing about it and somebody said and someone said, yeah, I saw Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And I was like, how was it? He was like, just like the title says, it was absolutely bogus. Oh, I loved it. But again, I was, I was a kid, so like, it was the perfect... I thought it was so much fun. Like, I, I, I love that. Well, but you must have seen it way after, because it came out when I was in college, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it came out in 91 or something like that. I mean, I saw it pretty young. I, I, I would probably have been about five or six when I saw it. Oh, well, then yes. Everything's enjoyable. I yeah. loved The Land of the Lost when I was a kid. 
Oh. And when I was 13, I saw it, and I was like, my God, this is shit. So the <laughs> difference between 6 and 13 is a big difference in appreciation of movies. I used to select all my videos based on the... Um, cover? Cover. Okay. And that, I mean, they're such a dead art now. Like, I remember vividly going to the video store. It was called Videotech. Okay. Going there, the local place, and there'd be there's some young guy behind the thing watching movies all day long, sitting there watching movies, and he'd always give you a recommendation. He yeah. was watching something, was on the go. And I would just shop based on the the cover. Like, and, and they went all out. Like all the covers were great back then. Yeah. Like Bill and Ted, a great cover. That, like, was, that was that that was the whole idea. Indiana Jones, like all these things. It was just Think of the old, covers. Old movie posters. God, they were and so how brilliant. fantastic they look. Jaws, I remember and they would line them up all next to each other. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing all the Jaws is lined up next mm-hmm. to each other. Like, oh my god, look how cool it is. Each one is about to eat a different thing. Like, oh the eighties was chock full of these shit low-budget sci-fi movies yeah. but their fucking posters were amazing yeah and i remember just going like oh let me rent this chuds just this horrible schlocky and i'm sure <laughs> video files will like start either telling me yeah it was horrible or it was fantastic um ice pirates which i really enjoyed um so a battle of the stars which i thought george picard was in that thing and i thought it was like the best thing since sliced bread um but again, I was a kid when I watched all these things, like anywhere between 8 and 10, yeah. you know. So, yeah, the 80s and even into the 90s, like the, the old, if you see some of the old um, short, like early Schwarzenegger movies before he made it, uh-huh. like Hercules in New York, you see that, like, oh, this is interesting. And then you watch it. It's absolute garbage. You will not last five minutes of that movie. Like, I guarantee, I promise you. It is so bad. The dubbing, the, yeah. the quality of it. But the poster was just kick freaking ass. A lot of my favorite movies from that time <clears throat> were, were, were are unwatchable now. Like I used to like I loved like I mean I was I've always been a wrestling fan, but I remember loving the Hulk Hogan movies. Oh my god! Yes, that's a perfect example. Yeah, and, and and the nanny one, Mr. Nanny. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And you, I, you see clips then later. Three ninjas. Like, oh, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's so 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 funny how they went for it. But you're right. I would watch this. I would sit down and watch this with the <clears> subtitles <throat> on, because it looked interesting. With the exception of that scene with him, Juan Morrison traveling to the past, and just the technical camera aspects, which drove me absolutely up the wall. Yeah, I, I would watch this TV show. It looked fun. I miss this. There's a gap, at least in from what I watch, for this sort of TV show where it's like it's not. It, you know, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of a drama as well. Yes. You know, it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. High concept. No. It, pretty much the TV equivalent of what Marvel do now. I mean, yes. it's like, I, it's I, high I, concept, it's funny, yeah. but it takes itself seriously. By the way, are you falling for the extra six minutes? Oh. Oh, I saw... Oh, no. I didn't... Yeah, I, I saw... I think it was, I saw you post about that or someone. I'm like, what? I, yeah. I, I, I'm not doing it. Who cares? I mean... Yeah, who cares? It'll come out on video in literally a month and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's this. I, I, I can't stand that shit. No, I can't. It's such a money grab. It's such a James Cameron it's move. It's such a money grab. It's ridiculous. It, it's so Disney. I yeah. mean, think of how many times they redid the original fucking Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Oh, now it's on DVD. Now it's on Blu-ray. Now it's on... Oh, special edition Blu-ray. I'll get the fuck out of here. I'm There's done with you. only certain things that I can stomach that kind of uh, pretentiousness with. And it's... Stuff like Blade Runner, mm. things like that. 
where I'm like, okay, each version is slightly different. Has a reason to exist, or like Apocalypse Now, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Like there is distinct differences <coughs> in the vision, yeah, because that came at a time where the studio system was very much battling with the directors, the producers, and yeah, it was a very yeah. different. The pre-Weinstein movie system, yeah. where the director could throw his weight around, yes, and have all these director's cuts and everything. I mean, now nowadays, post-Weinstein, no, 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 it's well, all the movie even before post-Weinstein, I mean, there was there is only like five, six uh, directors in Hollywood that have mm. claim to final edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, the studio has control at all. Because mm. again, and we've talked about this ad nauseum. These studios are not in the business of making art and movies. Yeah. They're in the business of making money. And all these movies are investments. Okay, I'm going to sink in $200 million in this movie. I expect to make back $500 million. Yeah. And sometimes they do. And when they do, it's better than anything that's out on Wall Street. It, it just is. And that's why these guys do what they do. So. And look, I still see X-Men recently. It's like... It's they pulled, they pulled Phoenix already. Dark yeah. Phoenix. Oh, gosh, he's just sinking money. Yeah. Sinking yeah, money. Yeah. It cost. It cost them. Already, uh, like cost them like how much to make? And it's only made them seventeen million, I think. It, it like is so bad. A hundred so million bad. it cost them. I think it cost them like so seventeen bad. back. It's like. Oh. And uh, and just as a quick aside, in terms of movies, because I've been under the weather, and people can probably hear it in my voice and my laugh and whatever. Um, I was catching up with other movies on my DVR. Uh-huh. I watched Gravity. Oh, I, it's a great film. It's a good movie. It's a really good suspense builder. Ah, you should, that's what you need to see in an IMAX. I remember that. Oh, like, no, I'm sure an IMAX. Yeah. But dude, even on yeah. my TV, I got a 60-inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I watched um, Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, yeah. Good movie. Good film. Good I, You know, I was just like, oh, I didn't really deserve it. And I watched it. I was like, you kind of deserve the Oscar for that. Yeah. They both did, I think. Yeah, I, it was. It was. It was. Actually, really I'd argue. I'd, I'd sort of argue that. But I'd say McConaughey deserved it. I'd kind of argue that. Um, what's his face didn't necessarily. Quarrel. What's his name? No, 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 no. The, in Dallas Buyers Club, they both won. Um, oh, he won for supporting. supporting yeah, Lino? yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jared Leto won. Oh, I don't think he deserved. He didn't uh, have enough screen time for it, no. quite frankly. You know that wouldn't happen now. That was right on the edge of. He won because he was playing. Because what he's playing, yes, he's playing a trans character. Now, yeah. <laughs> there have been several movies that have tried to yes go into production recently that have literally closed down because it wasn't because a real trans the backlash. Person. Yeah, they're now like, nope. We know now there are several real Which, trans actors out there. Whatever. I, you know what? That's a. I find that to be a little bit problematic. Me too. Because you're acting. You're act right. You're acting because that's the whole point. Because in yeah. that case, you could never. Are you going to argue that you can't cast a gay actor to play a straight person? I know. Of course not. It's nonsense. John Hurt can't play Earthman, man. You need to get some of the elephantitis. <laughs> honestly, yeah. It, it's, I, I, I find that all too problematic. And you lose great performances. We were, watching, we were watching the other night, and if you haven't seen it recently, I recommend watching it again because I forgot how amazingly good it is. Exactly. Uh, as good as it gets. It's on Netflix. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, do yourself a treat. Yeah. Jenickson, top form, directed by James L. Brooks, who's, you know, big producer of uh, The Simpsons. Yeah. And it is, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. The script, the directing, the acting, yeah. everyone is on top form. Both, it, and I can't remember the last time this happened, but it won, he, Nixon won Best Actor for it, and uh-huh. Helen Hunt won Best Actress for uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. It's a comedy. Yeah. I can't remember the last time 
a comedy yeah. had both best actor and best actress yeah, walked yeah, away, yeah. not supporting yeah, both yeah, yeah. the gongs, and they deserved it. And um, Rory Kinnear uh-huh. is in it, and he plays his gay neighbour, uh-huh. and also Cuba Gooding Jr. is in it, playing his the gay neighbour's gay friend. Right. And both of them are like knockout of the park, tremendous at right. it. But now they'd be up on the street. You have Cuba Gooding and Rory Kinnear playing gay, like no way. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson, the whole way through the film, is calling them fags, faggy, this, faggy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I just like, oh, you can make this film now. No. But it's like, oh, the film is so good. It, well, but like I said, that's the whole point. It's acting. Yeah. It's acting. If you, now here's my thing. If you're not auditioning trans people for the role, yeah. that's, that's, that's a co- different kettle of fish. Yeah. It's like, why wouldn't you? It's a trans role. Mm. But if, the person acting it does the better job of it. You know what I mean? It's and again, it's acting. It's a different thing. Yeah. It's not. It's not. I don't know. It, that, that's a tough one. I, 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 like I said, I find it problematic. But anyway, but what I'm curious to find out is if Timeless, the NBC series, uh-huh. I think it did because Timeless started in 2016. I wonder if they got the idea from the Ministry of Time. Because it's similar, because it's three people travel, but it's the same three people, and I think they're all from the future, instead of two being from the past. Yeah. I wonder but if I, they ever, like, a crossover episode where they go visit the Ministry of Sound. The Ministry of Sound? Oh, that's not a thing over here. No, the Ministry of Sound is um, a big... Uh, I forget what it... I think it is it, the Ministry of Sound, I think it was a nightclub originally in the UK, but it became, like, a series of... Uh, Albums that would come every year, and it was like a record label. It was I a re- huge thing. I remember, I remember that. It that's why like, I was kind of like, wait a minute, that's ringing a bell. It was. I, I, I might have a couple of Ministry of Sound records, actually, LPs. Yeah, it was a really big. Um, I think it's still going. Like, oh, it was, yeah, it was a nightclub. Like a techno club music yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. The home of dance music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, no, no, I remember that label. I used to DJ, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it founded all sorts of. Acts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, before we conclude and decide what's going on here, let's review our beer, shall we? Uh huh. So, we had the Daura Dam Lager beer mm-hmm. out of uh, Barcelona, Spain. 5.4% ABV, 30 IBU. Sean, what did you think of it? I liked it. I, it was it kind of nostalgic for me. It reminded me of kind of, of Spain, Europe. Like, this is the sort of beer I would expect. Mm-hmm. If I was on holiday, if I was on vacation in Spain, mm-hmm. and you know, I was at the hotel, and the first time I was there, as I probably realistically would, I'd pick a beer that I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd have the, you know, they have Heineken and sure, right, the typical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, I'll go with this thing. The and, local thing, yeah. And I'd probably stick with it for the rest of the uh, holiday trip, yeah, because it's it's easy drinking. I don't, you know, and I don't associate Spain. Or a lot of some of those countries in Europe, I don't associate them with beer. Good beer, right? Necessarily, no. Um, if I went to like Belgium, then I would, but Different, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Germany or something. But I'm like, no, it's Spain is you know it's weather. You are walking, it's wine. Walking, country, it's yeah. wine. yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know, I can have a light beer with my paella, and like, I just want a beer that I can just chill. I can have like several of them throughout the day. And this is a perfect one of that. Like Australia, Australia is probably. Australia would probably be the most popular beer choice uh-huh. in Spain if you were going to go. Everyone would be drinking Australia's, I imagine. But yeah, I like this. I I drink this in Spain. Um, 
I think a lot of Americans would probably be confused by this. I don't know. They'd be like, well, when you compare it to, especially because it says it's a craft beer or it says it's a, the people that drink craft beer would definitely turn their nose up at this, I think. Yes. Because it's not about the flavour of the hops, the this, the that. It's just a, it's just a lager. It's just a. It's just a lager. It's just a. It's, it's a regular beer. It's not particularly light beer. It's not like a Bud Light or anything. No, it's no, five point no, no. four. Like you know, it's. This is a summer easy beer. Yeah. This is this is nothing to write home about. This is nothing to complain about. No. I in, in the weather, this is good. I don't want to drink a hoppy IPA in. No, no. In, in ninety in, degrees. Ninety six degree <laughs> weather. No. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. what do you give it? Again, judging it based on what it is. I would say a, I'd say 3.8. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was going to go a little bit lower and not because it's a bad thing. Like I said, mm. um, you, you hit all the points on the head. I think it's a light beer. It's easy to drink. This is a very much, especially like you said, if you're on holiday, if you're on vacation, this is a lunchtime beer that yeah. you don't bat an eyelid over. It's like, oh, I want something a little... 5.4, not too heavy, easy to drink. Like you said, you can have six, seven of these during the course of the day. Yeah. And it's cheaper than continent. This is sort of beer I would expect, like if I was in Spain yeah. at a resort, I would expect that this would be the sort of beer they would serve at the local bars or whatever, and it would cost me like two, two euros. euros. Yeah, I was going to say two euros. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. I, I, I would give this a 3.6. Hmm. A 3.6, which... Again, because our scale is sliding and we've had now the cocktails and the wine and all that, <coughs> this is not a bad grade, I don't think, per se. <laughs> what would you like with your paella, sir? <laughs> I like a fucking martini. I <laughs> <laughs> martini. Yes. So, get me a god. What, you don't sell Vespers in here? What kind of place is this joint, huh? <laughs> yeah, not having a Vesper with a paella, I'll tell you that right now. The name is Bond, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay, 3.8, 3.6. Mm. And um, <coughs> about what's going on here, I'll start. The French guy, our baddie, brought the guns to the past to start his own weapons manufacturing. Mm. Because he, ha- he has the new technology with him. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously to accelerate the war, get himself up to... Napoleon's right hand and take shit over. I think that's what's going on here. And I think Juan Morrison, I, you know what I think he is in the past or in the in present time? I think he's a journalist. Huh. Okay. That's why he bought his girl a Polaroid camera mm. and he's got his cell phone and he's taking pictures with it. Yeah. I think he's a journalist and they got him because he's I, I don't know, like a very observant or whatever, and can just do the facts really well. She's there to be the science, and Don Quixote is there to be the muscle. Oh. That's what I think is going on. That's the team in the Ministry of Time. Yeah. And of course, they're trying to save the Spanish history. Why, well, again, it's not world history, I don't know, but that's what I think is going on here. Hmm. He's a journalist, she's a scientist who doesn't know what a tampon is, yeah. and Don Quixote is a warrior from the past who doesn't know how to flush a toilet. Yeah. That's pretty much what I see. Interesting. Okay. 
I think, I think there's going to be like a Truman Show style twist. <laughs> Truman Show again? Okay. It turns out <laughs> that these doors aren't leading to the past. Uh-huh. That what it is, mm-hmm. is it's all some big crazy experiment for some, I don't know, drug pharma company. And every time they go into a door, some scientist just jabs them in the neck with a, with a syringe. Just boop. And then like they see what they imagine, they come out the other end and they're like, they're like, oh, this drug makes them think they're in this place. I just like the idea of an overworked scientist who just has to hide behind the door and just jab and be like, and then and then like dress them up. And then he's like frantically dressing them up in different clothes and like and then just let them out into the yeah, yeah eventually lets them out into the public and then they're just like crazy homeless people on the street and then if ever you've seen the sort of people in New York that you know yeah. walking around screaming like yeah. fighting the wind yeah. like these are these time travelling they're totally time travellers yeah. that's why I think all the homeless people are the shit they are they're totally time travellers the time travellers the time travellers have gone absolutely crazy they're basically like I can't believe we live like this that's I'm gonna true. shit in the street now I mean it's yeah. yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. So okay. I mean, that's, that makes that, that and even that makes a lot of sense because in a way, the homeless people are time traveling. If like, uh, you know, I mean, if that's the old adage of if you if you fall asleep on a Friday in, in one part of town, you wake up on a Monday. The different. I mean, that is effectively time travel, is it not? Hey, and I've always <laughs> said it: when you drink too much on Tuesday <laughs> and you wake up on Thursday, <laughs> that's time travel, my friend. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's a Truman Show with an overworked scientist. Yes, yeah, this guy is just going <laughs> from door to door, just like, Ugh. poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Where's his tunnel? Because <laughs> he can't be seen in a hallway. He must have a catwalk on the doors and just leaps down on him and just jabs him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I like that. Yeah. Very good. All right, excellent. Alright. <laughs> I just like the reveal of it. I just love the M. Night Shyamalan reveal of that being the reveal and everyone be like, huh? Uh, what? <laughs> really? I see dead scientists? What? Okay. Alright, folks. Well, there you go. There's our analysis of the Ministry of Time. Um, we gave you our grades for Daura Dam. It's an easy to drink lager. Sean gave it 3.8, I gave it 3.6. That's episode 64. People of Spain. We hope you enjoyed, and we hope you know que está pasando aquí, mm. and 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 you tune in to more of our episodes. Yeah, Indeed. yeah. All right, we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Have a good one.